close your eyes and let your imagination take you wherever you want to go. Welcome to the Nephology Podcast, where we discuss topics ranging from science, biology, health, and living well in today's world. Let's get on with the show. Hey, we're back. Welcome to the Novology Podcast. This is our third podcast, and I'm with Dr. Neva Baines. And today's discussion is we are going to talk about where we are at with the coronavirus today, what's happening, maybe some different viewpoints on that coronavirus uh, pandemic. So, Dr. Baines, how are you? How you been? I'm good. I hope you are good, too, yeah. so far. We didn't get uh, any coronavirus, so we are in the in, in good shape. Yes, still healthy, above ground, and breathing, so, you know, uh, that's always a plus. But, um, you know, a lot of information's come out today, um, depending on your understanding on where this virus is at. Obviously, you see big surges in Europe again and, and across the globe, quote-unquote, that the media is projecting. There's also rampant rises here in the states as well so you know it's kind of confusing because um you know there's just a lot of different viewpoints some coming out of europe from scientists and doctors some doctors who have almost been silenced for their first-hand dealings with with the virus and they've had success doing certain things that may not be what the official party line wants to hear so there's just different viewpoints, which is kind of makes it very confusing on, on how to understand what is really going on. And um, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I understand what's going on. But what really is the truth between all of the fluff and all of the, all of the hype and, and all of the scare and everything else? So, you know, you're a lot, a lot smarter than I am on these kind of topics. So maybe you can give us your thought process on what you think is going on. And where you think well, we sit today? I, I don't know if I am smarter than you are, but uh, I'm a microbiologist and infectious disease expert, so probably I have a different approach um, uh, to this pandemic. And um, this morning, I just looked at the numbers um, because I knew we will have a podcast and. Um, November 2020, if we look to whole entire world, um, uh, 52 million cases was reported so far, 52 million. And the recovery is 34 million. It's not bad. And the death number is 1.28 million. Um, as you know, many people compare COVID-19 with flu because both are contagious viruses that cause respiratory illnesses and can spread worldwide. So let's do the same thing. So if we look at the CDC records, uh, last year uh, there were 56 million. So COVID-19 was 52 million this year. But flu last year was 56 million, but the death number is 62,000. So compared to 1.28 million deaths because of coronavirus, it is pretty low. But in 2017, uh, 650,000 people have died because of flu. If you go many years back, like 100 years, 50 million people have died because of flu. Isn't that amazing? I mean, <laughs> so flu was not any less dangerous than COVID-19 at the time. So these results clearly show that we humans, as existed, always faced new infection, infectious agents and always developed some immunity for killer bugs with and without help of new medical discoveries, of course. 
The only thing that we never could become immune is a feeling of fear and worries, which are the major enemy of our immune system. Now, back to today's numbers, in COVID-19 pandemic, we see that out of 52 million infected patients, 34 million are recovered. I don't know what measures were used to decide if those people are really recovered. Does that mean they are PCR test negative? Does that mean they have developed immunity? I mean, you know, antibody positive, have no symptoms left? Or does that mean that those people have not faced a recurrent infection? I don't know. Or CDC reports okay. or or that they were misdiagnosed because the test the tests weren't accurate and they might have had just a common cold or the flu or something and was labeled as absolutely drugs. i mean we are using the tests that has false positive and false negative results and the ratio is not very little so cdc reports are not of course clear in that that's why correct i have difficulties in giving comments on those numbers the results now we are talking about show the total numbers while some countries have failed in their response to the pandemic, others met the challenge much more successfully. Perhaps the most important thing to know about the pandemic is that it is possible to fight that fight with pandemic. I mean, we think it, when it comes, you cannot fight, but we can. For example, New Zealand. And New Zealand has been able to bring infections down and open up their country internally. Other island nations were also able to almost entirely prevent an outbreak. I think these countries are Taiwan, Australia, and Iceland, as far as I know. But not only islands were able to bend the curve of the infections and prevent large outbreaks. Norway, Uruguay, Thailand, uh, my favorite country, Finland <laughs> and South Korea are examples. These countries suffered a smaller direct impact, but they also limited the indirect impacts because they were able to release lockdown measures earlier. Additionally, I think this is very important, Roland. Those countries had discussion forums on TV just for educating public. People could call and ask any questions about the symptoms, therapy, safety measures. So this was on TV daily base. Well, um, did we Americans and rest of the world learn how to eradicate pandemics? I think we have some idea, but frankly, there are still critical points we failed to learn for eradicate, eradicating this pandemic. And, um, well, Actually, I'm well, talking about this pandemic, but we, we have potential other pandemic uh, on the way people are talking about. What were you saying, Roland? Yes, so in America, we have 51 states, 50 states, however you look at it, you know, if you consider Puerto Rico and everything else, and common territories of Guam. So each of the states in America has states' rights. They also have governments. So the federal government can't really mandate a state to do anything. It's up to the local officials to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Only in the case of a major disaster, and if the governor asks for help, that they can do something. So here in America, you had 53 different responses to COVID-19 as opposed to just shut it all down, which they did in Australia and some of these smaller countries, which they were able to do. So here, you had radically different approaches. Um, that's just the way our, our, you know, our country runs. Now, if they wanted to change the Constitution where the federal government can overstep its bounds and just say hey, it's a national emergency, we have to shut everything down, well, yes. there's that. But then you've got people like, well, what about the economy? What about all these other things? So it's a very complex puzzle here in America versus where it's a dictatorship and, hey, we're just shutting it down. You, do you, you understand what I'm saying? 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. If, if you were just to, when the virus first came into the country, as much as a lot of people don't like President Trump, he wanted to shut down. He shut down the, the, the travel from China. He got pushed back on that. He was called a, a, a racist and a xenophobe and all this other stuff for, for, um, for you know, well, now he's, he's bringing hate to the Chinese. Well, no, the virus, trying to contain the virus. If we had one, I believe, one person with COVID that was brought over who was a, an American, um, they put him in a hospital somewhere in San Francisco or something, I believe, is how it all worked out. At that point, the Democrats who, and, and unfortunately got very political here where one guy wants to do one thing, the other people are saying no, you know, just because they hate him so bad. And, and then the WHO came in and said, well, you know, China had invest, put a bunch of money into them. And, and they kind of read from the Chinese line of, hey, this isn't contagious, it's not passed by humans, you need to wear a mask. They ran with that. That's the information they had. So at the, at, at, in, in that very early stages, and this is where it gets super political, right? This is where it gets the super political part. And I believe this is what's hurting the country, is the polarity between the two sides. Um, the media spins it all out of control because they're tied to one party. Even the big tech companies spin it out of control because they're now tied to one party. That's really affecting progress forward in containing this because as you gave the numbers we understand all that and, and sure if with one person that the president would have said we're, we're closing the entire country how many people in congress in the senate or just along with the country would have said really you're going to close the country because one person has covid do you think anybody would have went wrong with that well, of course, I understand that um, when you are talking about um, the success of other countries in this pandemic, like Finland, I said, um, because I lived there for 10 years, and uh, that's why I uh, keep giving Finland as an example. Five population, and you cannot compare um, the rules that... Uh, uh, that they can apply in 5 million population and uh, their economical status with United States. Um, but I think um, here um, my criticism is more than the a country should have been closed down earlier that we would be probably more successful and um, we are having more uh, case because of this delay. Uh, I am not discussing about that. There are some certain rules when a pandemic comes that needs to be applied to 5 million populated country and doesn't matter, um, 500 million populated country. And this is applicable actually without hurting the economy. i give you an example. Um, there's a term for what's been missing, for instance, that's called cleoepidemiology, named after Cleo, the muse of history. It describes the practice of studying information from past epidemics for advice about the present. I don't know why are we so bad at doing this in practice. Isn't there anyone who has ever lived through an ugly epidemic which is called cleoepidemiologist in the world. Why haven't there been more of them talking about the lessons that they have learned and delivering the most important information on pandemics? We are in 21st century, Roland, and all the world is acting like this is the first pandemic ever in human history. SARS pandemic was not many years ago. It was about 10 years ago and was caused by another type of coronavirus. Why hasn't anyone been listening or asking about the experience? Well, probably one may say, uh, well, each endemic and pandemic is unique. That is correct, but major precautions almost 
always the same. And the most important thing is to discuss about made mistakes. I think biggest mistake to be corrected is to strengthen the bridge between public and governments via science. It doesn't matter how big the country is. If I remember right, I think it was in 2008 and there was a lovely survey. There are wide opinion gaps between scientists and the public on a number of big issues, from the safety of genetically modified foods to the cause of climate change to pandemics to safety of vaccines and so on. When there's no good cooperation between science and public, eradicating health problems will be always extremely difficult. Why is this the case? I mean, uh, this, is, this is for every country. It is public psychology. Actually, I should say it is human psychology. We all know that there are opposite opinions in everything, in politics, in belief, in art, in science. I can even say in marriage, raising kids, you name it. We do want to hear different opinion. Therefore, in pandemics, scientists, but only experts in the field who express different views on COVID-19 should be heard, not demonized. But uh, this needs to be in control platform by a moderator. Really, when major decisions must be made, high scientific uncertainty, as in the case with COVID-19, we cannot afford to silence or demonize professional colleagues with heterodox views. Even worse, we can't allow questions of science, medicine, and public health to become captives of politics. Today, more than ever, we need vigorous academic debates on TV, just for the sake of stopping misinformation. Misinformation about COVID-19 is abundant. From snake oil cures to conspiracy theories about the origin of COVID-19, the virus that causes the disease, coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, the internet is awash with baseless, often harmful ideas. This has nothing to do with early closing down the country or, you know, um, or being late in that. So, um, an important, I think, distinction to make clear when science is an issue is the difference between fact and opinion. This was a mistake in United States. Fact in a scientific context is a generally accepted reality, hypotheses and theories are generally based on objective inferences, unlike opinions, which are generally based upon subjective influences. Now, now let me give you an example. I am a very smart person. This is an opinion. But if I throw a stone, eventually it falls, is a hypothesis. Opinions are neither fact nor theory. So, in pandemics, opinions can be discussed among scientists for creating hypotheses, but this should not be done in front of public. In my opinion, regrettably, this has been going on months and politicians didn't do anything for that. This is allowed somehow, but the irony is two different hypotheses or theories by two respected scientists with solid scientific background never allowed to be discussed at the same time. I can give an example. Treatment of coronavirus. And um, other important point is that to become a legitimate theory, but still not established fact, a hypothesis must be subjected to approval of a scientist's peers and published in um, a good scientific journal. This process keeps the charlatans out of science. And there was nothing done for that either. So, um, I, I think 
if, if you have publications, you cannot make up your data. Other scientists must be able to follow the same methods you used, and whether experimentation, mathematical calculations, formulating major concepts, measuring data, or whatever, and come up with the same results. This is also important. Another uh, brief example of non-science is unpublished hypothesis. Wild and controversial hypotheses are hungrily accepted by the public, who cannot be blamed for not knowing better. For ideas to become accepted in the scientific community, ideas must be published to separate um, the good science from the bad science. So, if a doctor group claiming that treatment A against coronavirus works, and another doctor group claims that no, that treatment harms the patient severely, and there's another alternative way, which is named, let's say, treatment B, why treatment A is hurt, but treatment B is ignored and announced as naysayers? Why publications and scientific strength is not discussed at all. So, I'm, as you can understand you know, from my voice, Roland, I'm very sensitive in this issue as a scientist because I worked on groundbreaking discovery on heart diseases and treatment techniques for 20 years of my career. It was a discovery which was nominated for a Nobel Medical Prize in 1998. I know the difficulties in uh, convincing scientific society about a discovery, and I know that, that I always needed an opposite opinion for perfecting my hypothesis. That's why, since the COVID-19 pandemic started, my major concern is closing our ears to certain experts who are also very knowledgeable in the same field. So, um, that is what my um, complaint was from the beginning, Roland. I mean, it, it is, um, I, I'm not involving it, if you notice that, I'm not involving any worries for the economics. Because economy can be um, uh, hold still, and if you follow the certain measures of the safety, people can even go to work. And you need to listen the scientists' opinion, and this was never done. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I get that. Um, I, I believe that in this instance, that um, there was a lot of monetary incentive not to tell the truth initially. That right. the WHO right. that the WHO did which is why Trump pulled out of uh, the WHO, is because they, they read from the Chinese party line, gave us a bunch of false information because of money. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I believe, is what is causing your, I understand why true science doesn't sometimes make it, is because you've always heard there's, there's, no, there's no money in the cure, there's money in the treatment, or there's, there's, you know, which is really sad because at the end of the day, what, you know, at the end of the day, is it really benefiting humanity to think that way? You know, are we suffering long, long term versus fixing the problem, right? So mm -hmm. as you're discussing, you know, there's, there's, there was doctors that had successful, successfully done blind case studies and they, and they were treating coronavirus and having high success rates, yet it's not what what the world party is saying and it's looked at as hocus pocus stuff do you understand what i'm saying or no that that doesn't Absolutely. work no actually i i understood you 100 percent and um of course uh, probably i can summarize with a couple of sentences what i all said in science there are always two opinions and from the very beginning, this, this is for all over the world, by the way, not only for United States or in any particular country. And 
in science there are always two opinions. And um, if you pump one idea on public, there are smart people, they want to know if there is any other alternative way. We should not allow public to go and seek by themselves what are the alternative opinion because they may hit into some charlatans as I mentioned right but if you are bringing in front of them respected uh, people uh, expert in their field in different opinion and they are discussing this in front of public they can understand that there is an objective approach and that's a, a public, as I said, a psychology. I mean, you, it, it, any politician should know this psychology. If you pump only one idea, even in religion, even in any kind of thing, think about a football. Can you play football with one team? You need to have two. Anyway, there's always two sides of the coin. Right. And when you flip the other side of the coin, it shouldn't be like, no, no, no. That is going to push other, uh, most of the people to other side of the coin because it looks like you are hiding something, even if you are not hiding. And then this leads people towards probably wrong. I mean, if you are t discussing about should I wear a mask or uh, shouldn't I wear a mask or when I should wear a mask, should I wash my hands and right after that use disinfectant or is it really needed to use disinfectant after washing hands? Uh, you shouldn't cause public to worry about this kind of, you know, uh, I don't know what to do. This has been ongoing in the world. And how can you control this? That's why I said that there are epidemiologists, experts from the past who dealt with coronavirus infection before. I haven't heard any one of them to be invited and giving information what the mistakes were in the past. Everybody's discovering the wheel again from the beginning. I mean, even think about the vaccines. This is not the first time we are facing virus, right. a virus epidemic or pandemic. We had coronavirus 10 years ago, uh, infection. And suddenly in this particular pandemic, when the uh, numbers started to raise, People started to think about, oh, how can we make um, a more effective virus vaccine? <laughs> I mean, it, it's mind-boggling. I don't know what you think about this. And do you see what I see, Roland? Yeah, I see what you see, but I, 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 the, the answer is very simple. It's, it, well, for me, it's very simple. And maybe I'm just too black and white about the deal. I mean, you've got... There's the old saying, don't let a good, uh, um, oh, how does it go? Not a pandemic, but don't let a good uh, disaster go to waste, right? Somebody's going to make some money off the deal. And I don't want to say that this is all about making money. The, the, whoever, whoever comes up with the vaccine is going to make a, a ton of money, right? And so, and so you know, um, these, these other folks that are highly reputable, that are not getting invited to the party um, is because they may have something that's not quote unquote popular to say. At the end of the day, you could have protected yourself with vitamin D, zinc, and some other things that would reduce your cause of getting the coronavirus. You, you get what I'm saying? Or this works yeah. as well, or this works as well. But what does that do to the dollars that, hey, wait, wait a minute, we can make a lot of money off this disaster. And unfortunately in the political space, and I keep going back to political space because it's, it's, there's lobbies for big pharma, lobbyists for big right. pharma. And what are the politicians going to do? Whatever those lobbyists tell them to do because they invested in their, in their campaigns. So then it's like, oh, no, we got to listen to this guy because he is the authority, yet everybody's raising their hands going, wait a minute, there, there may be something else here that we can do that, that may reduce everybody's risk. Oh, no, we don't want to tell people that. <laughs> we want to make it seem as bad as possible so everybody rushes to, to, you know, to get the... You know, do you understand what I'm saying? So, I understand. And, and I, that's I, really, to me, that really upsets me, and it's really, really, really sad. I think that's really sad that the world works like that. Um, yeah, and the same thing is right now going on with the vaccines. Right. Uh, I mean, um, 
uh, everybody is waiting for vaccines to go back to do- their normal life. And uh, now this Pfizer and the partner BioNTech said, was it last Monday? I think it was last month that um, 90% success now. Of course, the percentage is really beyond expectations. And by the way, Pfizer didn't get any government support. They didn't even ask help. And the study has enrolled, let me see, I have numbers here, 43,538 volunteers, and this company said, and then 38,955 have received their second dose. So this is the two dose vaccines. 42% of global participants and 30% of US participants have racially and ethnically diverse backgrounds, you know. So, but there's no information yet on whether the vaccine prevents severe cases, the type that can cause hospitalization and death. You know, I mean, I don't want to dampen any enthusiasm for this vaccine. No, I, I just I want everyone to be realistic. I mean, I'm, I, I, I this mRNA vaccines um, has been used for the cancer patients for decades. So it is not a new discovery, but it's a new discovery for uh, adopting that technique for a virus. I mean, although. It's a bright spot in the battle against the pandemic and triumph for Pfizer and BioNTech and German company. We don't know anything about groups they didn't study like children, pregnant women, highly immunocompromised people like cancer patients. And the eldest of the elderly, key information about the vaccine is not yet available. It's also important to get a sharper picture of Pfizer's claim of about 90% effectiveness. This first analysis only included data on 94 confirmed COVID-19 cases, meaning there is no proof yet that the vaccine prevented infection. Without more information, it's too early to start predicting how much of an impact the vaccine could make. What's more, the Pfizer vaccine uses a brand new technology called mRNA, It has never been approved for human vaccination for viruses before. Instead of using bits of virus to provoke an immune response, the mRNA trains the immune system to target the spike protein found on the surface of the coronavirus. The spike is what allows the virus to invade human cells. In theory, blocking the spike would mean people wouldn't become infected with the virus. Additionally, uh, because the vaccine has been studied for only a matter of months, it's impossible to say how long it will protect against infection with the virus. The vaccine does cause side effects also, Roland. I don't know if you heard that, but it includes aches and fevers, according to, I mean, previously published data by Pfizer. So um, the results have not been peer reviewed a, a minute ago i was talking about you know you yes. need to publish or outside scientists it has never been looked at the data yet and um it, it's a medical journal it should be shown in medical journals first and um and pfizer and BioNTech have been given no other details about how the vaccine performed by the independent monitors overseeing the study the caution is that this would be the first mRNA vaccine to be used in humans. So it's really important to look carefully at the safety data. Initial supplies of the vaccine, if authorized, will be limited. Pfizer says up to 50 million doses could be available globally by the end of the year. I mean, with 1.3 billion available in 2021. Right. There are also expected to be Distribution challenges, think about this. I, nobody's mentioning this. The vaccine must be stored at super cold temperatures. It's minus 80 degrees, which could make it extremely difficult to deliver to many places. Pfizer has said it is confident those 
I mean, they are confident that those issues can be managed. I'm eagerly waiting for the vaccines also developed by Moderna, AstraZeneca, and Johnson & Johnson. And um, both Pfizer's vaccine and Moderna's, I think, yeah, Moderna also use mRNA technology. Other vaccines in the late stages of development use genetically engineered viruses for a similar purpose or pieces of protein that are directly injected. I mean, still unanswered questions should not squish or squeeze or hurt early excitement about the findings, which seems to indicate that the vaccine may have the ability to transform a serious illness into something that resembles the common cold. But still, why I told all these things is because when you are even announcing a virus, this is a second opinion needs to be said. Now, um, stop somebody, Jonathan on the street, and ask. He is so full of hope because he he is now very comfortable. He is not. Uh, he, he he is relaxed. Vaccine is coming, but the other scientific group with these questions needs to come up, and then the public should understand. A great success is on the way, but there are still unresolved issues, and this vaccine may not come to me easily. Right. This vaccine may be only available for health uh, workers, you know, doctors and nurses, and you know, the people facing the public, but not me. I should still follow the hygienic rules. They don't know. And if I come up and bring these uh, questions about the vaccine, I am becoming a scientist who is trying to, um, you know, shade the success of the vaccine, which is not correct. That is my criticism uh, uh, to how governments approach the public uh, and give information to public when there's this kind of life-threatening pandemic. It's, you know, for me, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Um, Obviously, exactly. I am not going to be the first one to go line up to take that virus. I mean, that vaccine, if they had them, I, you know, I want to wait to see what it does. I mean, sometimes the remedies worse than, than the symptoms you were suffering. You see those ads for, for some of the medicines they sell, and it, you know, may cause vomiting, dizzy, fever, you know, heart attack, stroke, you know, and all you were trying to clear up was your sinuses. Roland, that's why it takes about... 10 to 20 years right. to be sure about a vaccine which no, no, i get it i get it yeah. I, mean, I just i just I, I you know there is no simple solution for this problem you know i always tell people it's not just wave a stick and it magically happens you know what i mean it, yes it, it's, it takes time it takes um, testing this is not that simple and and anybody who tells you that i i don't know if they're you know i mean you, you you know, everybody like, you know, Trump was like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's around the corner. They, they lifted all the sanctions on how long they had to test this, that, and the other to try and get something going, right? And I understand he's trying to put a population at ease, you know. Um, but then, you, you know, you've got the other guy that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to clean this up. I'm going to, I'm going to do this and that. It's like, you're not going to do anything, guy. I mean, it's, it's, this is going to work itself out in its own time. And I, I just think that if they rush to do something, they may hurt more people than they, that they didn't intend to because of the side effects of this thing. I, I just don't know. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a scientist or anything like or a doctor or a physician or anything like that. I just, I just know that, that I've heard horror stories of vaccines that have caused, you know, more problems than they are. And I'm not an anti-vaccine guy. I'm not, that's not it. I just don't believe in, you know, oh yeah, we're going to have the cure here in six months for... <laughs> something that's took out the entire globe. Yes, you're realistic. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm a realist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. don't see it, right? I just don't see it. And where, to me, now looking at it, going with some logic, well, you know, there's these other people that are not screaming the party WHO line and the big pharma um, lobbyist line. They're saying that if we did this, this, and this, we have a high success rate of yeah, you may get it, but you're not going to end up in the ICU and you're not going to end up on a ventilator. You know, well, maybe that sounds pretty good to me. Why not try that? 
<laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, Absolutely. so, um, um, I kind of like to unturn every stone and then figure out what the best option for me is. You know, I, I I'm just, I, I, I just don't come from the school that the government's going to take care of you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, um, but we get everything from government. Um, uh, and I, I am just, uh, expecting uh, one to be objective and let experts to speak up their opinion and don't immediately when it's a stop or shade the person and discuss um, uh, all negative side of the person when that person raise up and tell their opinion against some others they there might be very important points that scientist is stating. And um, that way, and also, while we are discussing with you right now, actually, we are also um, uh, aware that outside on the street, people are walking and shopping and making mistakes and getting immune. And that's uh, for sure. So the herd immunity is on action right now. So, um, and it is also uh, very silly <laughs> to uh, say that, oh, people are dying because of government. No, and that's not what um, I'm saying. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that were saying that they're trying to blame. That, that I don't, I never got it because this is a pandemic. Right. I mean, government, well, oh, well, they can take the, some precautions to, you know, probably... Uh, make it less severe, right. uh, they may say. But this needs to be announced that pandemic always have waves. It doesn't matter if you have a magical government or a very bad government. The waves will happen. It will raise up in number, it will fall, and it will raise again. That is a very normal thing in the past, and it will happen again. We will have the number going down in the future. This is not the success of government only. This is the success of individual, how they are acting, if they are following the rules. The rules is not only, um, you know, doing silly stuff, but reading. <laughs> I mean, silly stuff. What does silly stuff mean? I see people with four masks over each other. I mean, four layer masks they are going shopping. Why four? Who said that? Yeah, he wanted to be extra cautious. <laughs> I, I mean, this, 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 is, this is ridiculous. And um, I have a dermatologist friend said that I receive so many patients with skin issues in their hands, mm -hmm. in their face, because of overuse of, you know, disinfectants. Right. Yeah. And, and this kind of um, uh, fear can be controlled with a, a good TV programs by bringing the truth. Yeah. But uh, so but here's the, again, it goes back to, for me, it goes back to, it goes back to, if the government machine is going to say that this is black or this is red or whatever it is, and you say, well, no, it's blue, and everybody's going to say, no, they said it's red, so it's red, then the people who say that, you know, that, that are showing a different side of it or a different color of it don't ever get their voice heard, what you were saying earlier. And then that point of view just never gets, you know, and it, it, it just... You can have the best logical TV show in the world with, with all that, but, you know, it's so, it's so weird that how the media is, and I, and I think it all comes down to media causing a scare, not putting out the right information, you know, all of this stuff. But then again, they're in the pockets of, of a lot of these other people, and it's just, it's just sad. It's, it really is sad. You know? Well, we can only recommend people who has eyes and brain to read and listen and 
look at the background of the person right. and their um, uh, experience. Uh, they are making research about their Facebook friends, who they are, how many sisters they have, <laughs> what's their hobbies. So why not to just investigate um, the, about the person? Um, we have experience how to look at those. I mean, if anybody who can read, can use internet, can do it. Read more. Right. And also use your own logic. Right. And, you know, I try to do that as much as possible. Like, I just, I, I try to listen to all points of view and try and make the best logical choice. I mean, you know, obviously, I've, you know, I've heard horror stories on every side of the fence. It's just kind of like... But then, you know, my common sense tells me, well, how are you com coming up with a cure? You ain't even mapped out this virus. That's a scary, yeah, uh, that's a scary part, actually. <laughs> so. it, it, is, it is very difficult to um, uh, control everything. And it is very difficult to also, I know that many people will not agree with me when I'm saying you need to read and learn. They are expecting uh, a certain um, uh, people to come and announce what is right, what is wrong, which is right thing to do. But if it is not happening, right, then you have a personal decision to read more about it, different opinion, and then see uh, if this opinion is just an opinion or a scientific truth. Right. I um, that's what I can say. And everybody has different approach. Um, that's my navology approach. I, uh, since I was little, uh, they were, uh, even in, uh, when they were teaching me my religion, when they were teaching me in the school about the things, I always questioned, since I was six years old, maybe even younger, we questioned, and uh, look at your kids, when you teach something, they say, why, how? I mean, they, don't they ask these questions? You can ask these questions too. Absolutely. So it, it, you need to question if you have um, some hesitation. And when you ask a question, you should just read the people who are expert in the field. That's all that I can say. So I, that's why I don't uh, criticize anything else. But I criticize that different uh, idea cannot wrote at the same time and the discussion takes place that people can also follow those discussions too. Right. Now I agree with you. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And unfortunately, I, I believe the big stumbling block there is, um, well, at least here in America, is um, there's too many people that have been bought off in too many high places. And unfortunately, those people are going to do what I don't think is best for the public, but what's best for their pocketbook, so to say. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that, that is very selfish, um, especially when this is like a global pandemic that's really hurt a lot of people. And, um, you know, just, just, there's just way too many... Um, for me, there's way too many reputable doctors and scientists in Europe and everywhere else that have, that have had success with various treatments in blind case studies, and no one wants to hear about it. No one wants to, yes. you know. That's, that's, that's what I am trying to underline. That is exactly what you and said. And it's because it's not, it's not what the big machine is saying, you know. It's against what they're saying, and it's like, whoa. Why are we prolonging this when this works? This and you know, which then gets you to well, you know, what what's the what is the real reason this is happening? You know, then then you start going down the rabbit hole of the whole conspiracy thing. But at the end of the day, the the main root is there's too many people that have been bought off and and oh well, he's my expert. My expert says this, and if he says that it's 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 brown, it's brown or it's blue, it's blue. You know. And, uh, and that's yeah. what we're doing. And it's like, well, wait a minute. These people are also experts, and they've just seen uh, between, you know, three doctors, 10,000 people. And those 10,000 people, you know, 
on blind case studies, had X amount of success with just doing this. Why not? Why aren't we trying that? Yeah, I think um, my only hope from this pandemic when it ends, we will have good immune system that with antibodies against at least for this COVID-19 virus and also a mindset that starts questioning. Yes. I hope pandemic will leave that behind, not only <laughs> antibody in our blood circulation. I, I really hope uh, not only for any kind of health issue, but for all in politics, in religion, in everything. What is told you might not be always right. I agree, Dr. Babes. I agree. Yeah. So I think we will discuss um, why am I so sensitive in this <laughs> subject next week, right? Because yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I have some some interesting experience uh, from the uh, academic work, and uh, I have never shared shared some certain points with public. I have been receiving, I can say, thousands of questions since I stopped um, minds on that field. And uh, maybe we go through those and they will understand why I talk this way better. Sounds like a plan. So I think on this, on that note, we'll, we'll end this podcast here. And um, again, um, you can find out more about Dr. Baines, um, Neva Baines, and I can't say her last name to save my, or her maiden name to save my life, so I just call her Neva Chifcholo. There you go. <laughs> At <laughs> nevology.com. So come, come, come see all of the things that uh, she has done, and, and uh, we have different podcasts there, and she's got different health tips and stuff there at nevology.com. All right, well... Never, as always, we'll talk to you again next week. Yes. All right. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you, Roland. Bye-bye.